Welcome back to the Turn Row Podcast. Uh, with me, as always, is Kevin. Hey, everybody. And today we wanted to do a bit of an update episode, talk a little bit about uh, what's going on in the field in South Texas, Kansas, and some of our, you know, obviously those two a little bit more since, you know, we are who we are, but, um, and give a little bit of an update from some other areas that Kevin and I may not be in directly. So, um, well, with that, Kevin, do we have any, uh, I guess let's start with wheat. Is that where we want to kick this off with? No, that'll be fine. With wheat harvest going on in Kansas, you know, that was. Yeah, and I, I might lead in with a little bit of weather here. Um, so here in my part of the world in southwest Kansas, and I would believe some of the Texas or the Oklahoma panhandle and kind of in that north part of Texas, we've been pretty dry. Um, I think that our average recorded rainfall right now is somewhere around five to seven inches. So we were worse than a desert <laughs> right now. I mean, oh my God. So speaking of deserts, do you also have the African dust, the Sahara dust? You know, actually, um, that blew over us. We, we've been – Oh, it blew over us, and it has been sitting here for a couple of weeks. No, in fact, I was yeah. talking to my mom, and, and she was saying, oh, man, how it was so bad and hazy. But during that time frame, we had 30 and 40-mile-an-hour winds. Oh, so there's so no it, way it was going to stay there. No, it didn't even settle. Like it, it looked a little bit hazy, but just blew right over the top to someone else. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was hazy for 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, boys, I guess that was Tuesday. For this sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's been it's been a rough roller coaster, man. Um, our our wheat yields actually were phenomenal, giving the conditions we have. You know, we were so dry. Um, and I guess if we backtrack a little bit back to last uh, fall, we didn't have enough moisture to plant in. You know, the hoe drills, it looked like somebody had chiseled the ground behind it. It was so dry. And and our stands were super thin. Some of it didn't even come up till March. And then, um, lo and behold, we got some dews, some cool mornings, and those heads. You, you know you're dry when you have to make a crop on a dew. <laughs> Well, and and we had some cool, a lot of cool mornings, and we had prime conditions for the wheat to fill. So that's um, what that's what a lot of times gets overlooked is it really doesn't matter what. I mean, obviously you want your plant to be tall enough for the header to be able to get under. Sure, but sure. if you have a good grain fill period, that compensates for a lot of a lot of bad weather at other times. In the no doubt. And uh, one of our major concerns, obviously, the market showed that there was no money in wheat, right? And we knew their stands were going to be thin. You actually, when you when you have to send your your uh, your your truck driver with the twenty dollar bill to the elevator, just <laughs> you're paying to get rid of the stuff. <laughs> but not quite that bad. But. but like our stands were so thin, weeds were on our mind. Like we just knew we were going to have to spray before we harvested. Um, but everything worked out. We didn't get any yeah. moisture, right? So so, all so you had no weeds either. We did, but they were, they stayed way, way underneath the canopy. So we didn't ever have to do anything. Oh, so let me, let me unpack this a little bit. You yeah. were so dry. You <laughs> made a wheat crop on dew and <laughs> there were no weeds. That For posed sure. a problem. Yep. Yep. This is this is dry, folks. For for all all you listeners out there, that is that is as dry, I I don't know if you can get dry. Or so Maybe. so we we our yields. Let's go to our yields now. Our dry land was anywhere from ten bush. Well, let's say zero because some of it got insurance. Right, they were they were able to spray it off because um, because it wasn't going to make much. And then we had forty bushel dry land. So our average yields on our dry land and we're about our historical average in that 20 to 40 bushel range still with thin stands and, and, and everything that we were dealt, you know, <laughs> and it was a quick harvest. It only lasted maybe a couple of weeks because they could chew through it real quick, but. You probably couldn't drive the combine fast enough. Yeah. In some cases. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, you know, how was the grain quality? 
superb because we were stressed. Well, okay, we, there was a lot of shrivel, right? But our protein and our test weights were off the charts. Yeah, that happens. Yeah. Yeah. That, and and that, that happens with, you know, that always happens when, during a stress year. You know, when you have yeah. perfect conditions and high yields, usually your proteins, you know, they, they go the other way. They're not near as good. If only we yeah. could get paid on that, right? That's a joke. <laughs> That's, uh, you know, most of my wheat is irrigated, and I don't have much. I mean, I have less than a 1,000 acres that I check here. But um, what I tell folks when we're talking about cutting water off on wheat is wheat's a bit of a luxury water user there on the end, you know, like you don't, it, you, it looks dry and it looks like you need some, but you may end up actually hurting your quality for sure. Yeah. You know, like it, yeah. it doesn't always, you know, it's just, it's just one of those, you know, it's like you gave this plant a, 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 a case of beer and six would do, but it went ahead and drank 30 and decided <laughs> to just do stupid things. You know, like it just like it, a college student, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, it just didn't really, it, it doesn't always you know, you don't like with corn, you know, okay, if I put, you know, I'm at this stage and I put this much water, I'm probably going to get my money out of that water. You know, those down here, most of our wells are electric and we pretty well know what each inch is going to cost us mm-hmm. an acre. So it, that's a conversation we have on every crop. And when it comes to wheat, it's like, yeah, I can't, I can't tell you you're going to get that money out. Yeah. It's bone it, dry, but I don't know if you're going to get very, your money out of that water. Very, very inefficient in water uptake yeah and it um but and, and, and a lot of and the reason i say this is a lot of the reason or the reason why i bring this up is because of grain quality yeah you know yeah. and and how um there's kind of a silver lining in the in the wheat yields when you have the dry weather that y'all had is right it's grain quality now from what i understand um the custom cutters that come out of oklahoma uh, wheat, wheat yields were doing very good in the eighties, you know, they, they had more rain. Um, and I think you go out of our dry pocket. Um, and the wheat was in pretty good condition. Um, but having said that too, there were some freezes in parts of the state that nipped it really hard. Um, you know, got pretty cold in a, in a, in the late stage. I don't remember exactly what stage it was, but it, it did, um, you know, cut 50% of the tillers in places. So um, it was just kind of a wild, weird year. And that's just kind of, yeah. you talk about COVID, you talk about, you know, yeah. everything that's going on has just been, okay, it's 2020, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, we thought 2019 was bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 2020 said, hold my beer. Watch this. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So, so yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, I guess that's kind of where we're at, you know, wheat-wise. So what are y'all doing with that wheat ground now? I mean uh, – You know, so that's the other deal. It, usually in, in our part of the world here, at some point we get so dry we can't do anything. And like I said, we were – we only have five inches of rain. Luckily, we've had more humidity than normal, but a lot of these weeds are hardened off, and we know we can't kill them. Some people are going out with, um, you know, Gramoxone. I don't. I have a very well fate relationship we're in a with pinch, Gramoxone Ethan, because Gramoxone might work. It most likely is going to leave half the weed dead because some of them are bigger, right? Yeah. Um. um but you might as well just take a shredder if you're going to do. In my opinion, with with big weeds and Gramoxone. Well, know? but out here, okay, we've been dry. We've been blowing a lot. And we don't want to touch our stubble. So usually what would happen is we'd run a set of sweeps, right? And we'd leave the pickers up so that we don't, you know, you undercut it and kill the weeds, but you kind of leave as much stubble as you can. But in some places, I don't know if we can even get them in the ground right now. Well, so I'll tell you a weird situation for us. Another one of my stories, it takes five minutes to get the point. So, there are times in our sandy areas that are, are under pivots. We purposely leave weeds up to stop yeah. it from blowing. For sure. And, <laughs> and that's not by the book folks. <laughs> yeah, that is not a good idea. And now we can't kill the things. For sure. So I say this to think, 
to, to throw back to your situation. We do it. Of, we, we do it as well, Ethan. You uh, know, like, I'm not, I'm not willing to admit it, but, <laughs> but yeah. it, it does happen. But, you know, logically there's one thing that weeds aren't resistance to and it's iron. And, well, and that, and where we do that, we, we work the ground. Yeah. We, we, we will cultivate. So, uh, now that obviously doesn't get everything, but, um, you know, it is what it is. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. I think we're going to cross that bridge here a little bit later. Um, some see, cause we, we we're so dry. We don't even have volunteer up too. And so there's some lines of thinking that they don't want to go out there and waste a tillage pass knowing that they're, is volunteer wheat yet to come? Cause we did get hail in places. You know, we, we do have shatter. Some seeds were light blew out the back. So yeah, we, we, we know that that's coming. So, yeah, I mean, so what do you guys, you guys are awfully hot and dry this time of year. What do you do? Well, you oh, don't man. Have much fallow though, per se, you know, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and we, some places we don't have dry land. We just have brush. Yeah. You know, this found this, this, brush and they decide well we're going to cut a circle here you know yeah. put a pivot there but um so we're actually today we should start seeing some some corn getting cut so that is uh, phenomenal that is just so weird you know we're yeah. what july well we're it was we're planted the 12th of february early to july and and, and <laughs> wow it, it, what's the crazy thing we only cut water off three weeks ago it's just so dry it dries down so fast so what do you think um off the cuff, good yield potential. I think it's average to above average. It'll be a solid year, but not. Yeah. We had excellent. We had Midwest top corn weather last year, and mm-hmm. guys are well. I mean, unseasonably cool. We had, um, I guess, you know, to back up even further, the fall of 2018, we had 30 inches of rain. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and an eight-week window. You know, and so we had a huge profile going into 19, really cool spring. Um, I don't know if the corn saw a hundred degree weather last year, like hundred plus, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, I, it may have seen like 95 to like one one or something, but not much more than that. That's rare for you guys. Yeah. I mean, it, it's been 108 almost every day this week. For sure. Yeah. I had a, I had a WD-40 can blow up on me this week. <laughs> You're in dire straits. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> was it silver? Had it been rattling around in your box so much that, you know, the, the, the can was silver? <laughs> no, so, we on our inside fender wells of our four-wheelers, we make these little holsters out of PVC. Yeah. Okay. And I noticed it was leaking a little bit. That's what's an odd place for an oil leak. Uh, pick it up, and the the bottom the bottom seal had like popped, and it was gotcha. like, kind of hanging on. Gotcha. It, it's warm, but uh, and back to corn. Oh, it does so, say it does say on the label that it <laughs> you're not supposed to put in extreme heat, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, and it probably helped that it was half full. I'm sure there's some gas expansion. You know, <laughs> not going a gas candle kind of right balloon out a little bit but um so yeah our corn so we grow a lot of white corn most of our corn is human consumption very little feedlot corn uh there is some um and our we need some new white corn varieties you know they're probably 12 years old and they're just not performing quite like they used to which for a corn variety nowadays it's got pretty ancient so is there, do they still want it at 15 moisture or do they prefer it wetter since it's going to be, I guess it doesn't matter. I guess it'll be, yeah, they won't take it unless it's 15. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, so, so there is no wet, like you can't, no, there's no wet corn. Yeah. That doesn't exist down here. Well, it's, it's hard to do. It's hard to get your corn out quick enough. For sure. You'll start at 15 and you'll finish at seven. Yep. Yep. It's it's so hot. Yeah. And we'll get windy in July. Man, so. that's thinking about that comment just blows my mind. Cause usually we're on the other end, you know, like it's yeah. really cool in the morning. We have trouble like, oh man, it's never gonna dry down versus <laughs> you're right yeah. in the center of it where it's it is hot. Yeah, you when corn harvest you have got to go fast because you're giving away corn For at, sure. by the end of the I had in twenty seventeen I had a customer across, I used to say a thousand acres. I don't know what it was, but um, 
he, we were look, sitting down looking at his ticket and his average moisture that he sold at was nine because they just, because they had two breakdowns. But you just think of the header loss, you know, the harvest loss, I guess, before it even got into the truck. And he started at 15. It wasn't because he started, it was, they had two breakdowns and the last stuff got so dry. So, so quick. do any of your guys ever consider bending it? Because, because they that cut, is cut it. becoming cut it. popular. Yes. You know, they could cut it a little bit. Well, I, I, I know that's a no, no, but you could start a little bit earlier. You know what I mean? Maybe dry. Well, well, if you're putting in stuff or in the bin that's seven at the end, and you on top of sixteen and eighteen, then what does that? Well, do? and, and I don't know how that works, so I maybe won't speak out of line. But maybe but, uh, to I answer your initial air, question, if you blew air across it, you know, maybe you could because yeah. it's so hot at 108. Yeah, but and the there problem, are bins going up left and right down here. The problem is you put wet corn in a 108 bin and it becomes a microwave <laughs> you <Yeah>. know like <laughs> yeah where does it go you yeah have to, you have to pop the top off so it just vents out you know it's like steam well because I, I i have to think about this because i've got a customer that um only turns the fans and stuff on when it's like a really cold frosty morning it's because he's sucking cool air in there you know so it's counterintuitive to your environment. You know, yeah. like you're not going to get cool air. There's not cool air in July in well, South Texas. For sure. We barely get any in December. Right. Um, so um, where were we at? We're of corn harvest. Yeah, we're today should be the kickoff corn harvest. So cool, cool, cool. cool. Um, so I guess a little bit about our corn specifically. I uh, mentioned the corn, the white corn varieties are, are kind of, um, we're seeing some issues, not issues, but our, our worm protection is not there. You know, we only have the two different seed companies. Do you guys use for white corn? Yeah. There's one variety. Oh, really? So you're straight up. Okay. And you, that you, is you determined a, a platform to complain on. Then you've only got one variety. Yes. There's, there's another one. I don't know if we should talk about seed companies, but let's say there's one that has, um, I okay. There's two, two different companies. There's two varieties, two companies. Okay, um, and it's not so. It the the issue is two two pronged. Okay, one is uh, your our even our field corn. Ha, it's not necessarily a yield, but it has to look pretty, just like cabbage or watermelons. Yeah. Yeah. It's a human consumption For uh, sure. product. So the millers like this one variety. Gotcha. And because of that, they are hesitant to accept other ones. We have a newer variety that instead of 12 year old, 12 years old, it's about five and it tolerates our uh, weather a little bit better. It actually has some roots from a, uh, a experiment breeding station in Mexico. Oh yeah. So, and um, it, it's a 120 day corn though. So you're going to water oh, a little more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it, um, it it yield it out yields uh, the 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 standard, but the the uh, the millers won't accept it. So if there's not that a market. Back to our podcast we did with my brother. You know, like yeah. they, they've got a. They really control a lot of what we do down yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, with 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 growing one variety, like for the last let's say twelve years, what is your disease pressure like? It's got to be horrendous. Um, so you cannot do corn on corn because this variety is yeah. susceptible to Northern and Southern corn leaf blights. Uh-huh. Um, both of them, if you do corn on corn or interesting enough, if you follow sweet corn with it, it's actually worse than if you followed corn field. Corn. Wow. So, um, yeah, so that's a problem. We have late Southern rust. It has no Southern rust, uh, <laughs> tolerance yeah. at all. Uh, and that's, you know, that's why, well, a different company has, you know, they have, uh, you know, um, you know, clearly there's seed companies have experiment stations and breeding programs for all types of countries. And some of those corns traits that are bred for Northern Mexico, um, they do pretty well up here. Yeah. Then there's some, so there's some cross, uh, 
and it's not us doing it. It's their breeders are kind of doing some talking and stuff, and you're getting some kind of high, some hybrids that are hybrids of northern Mexico varieties. You know, you know what I'm saying? For uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. So, and those have some good, uh, better, more appropriate disease package um, for what we need. Uh, but the biggest problem is our our BT package in those varieties is awful. It's just so, not. It just it has the two cry proteins. Yeah. And it's just not expressed very strongly in that variety. And so you, you have so to spray you, worms. What, what, what tray package is it? Is it triple or a double or is it a smart? Do they call it a smart stacks? Yeah. It's a smart? Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, I don't know. Let's not talk about that. I don't want to start talking about <laughs> specifics with different companies. But No, that's fine. Um, so yes. what, kind of, what kind of insect pressure... <clears throat> Did you fight? What was your, you know, like oh, ear, earworms? Insect, let, let's talk about like things that you. Ethan's forecast for Kansas. Okay. Well, yeah. So uh, you want me to tell, have the Sentinel plot tell you so you know what to do this year? Because all bad okay. things come from yeah. Texas, right, folks? Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey. So um, spider bites. You know, I had some. We sprayed twice. We got them early. We got. We had some at Ten Leaf. Carmine or Banks? Um, two spots yeah. and Carmine. We don't have much Banks. I don't want to hear the C word. No. The, you know, and typically, um, two spot are our biggest yeah. culprit. Yeah. Um, so, uh, did some, we did a few different chemistry. We have certain chemistries that don't work in Kansas still work here. So, we did some experimenting with rates and adjectives and okay. additives and stuff. And yeah. And got some length out of those products. Um, a little bit more disease than I anticipated. Southern rust came in late, but it came in angry. I mean, it was, yeah. if you didn't have a fungicide on, you couldn't get it out fast enough. The corn burned up two weeks early. No kidding. Wow. Yeah. So you probably think you, you attribute that to your high heat. You know, you said you've been 108. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Southern, Southern rust seems to enjoy that. Yeah. Um, and then earworms, earworms. If it does not have Viptera, which I know we weren't going to specifically talk about certain things. Well, but, but that's an awesome trait. I mean, if it doesn't have that, you, whether it's cotton or corn, we are spraying it this year for worms. It's yeah. Just, that's our only line of defense that we're having right now. It's it'll be good when that trait package becomes more widely available. It's kind of cantankerous to deal with, but it would be amazing if that came in every every company. You know, every company had. Well, as soon as you do that, it's not going to work. And then true, it's only a matter of time. Well, but and wait. there's there's what two. Ver- <laughs> What's that? <laughs> we can wish and hope. Yeah. <laughs> that, so- that, is, that is the cat's meow. You know, like that's our Cadillac. <clears throat> yeah our flagship <laughs> yeah is it it's only in what two different seed companies uh well i mean i guess we can talk a little you know pioneer has uh one or two varieties uh channel okay i wasn't sure if if pioneer did i know decab okay. has some yeah decal channel um i even think Fontenelle does i'm okay. trying to think about companies that i deal with i, I don't you know there's some others like lg i don't know much about Phillips, I don't know much about. What other ones do we see here? That Golden Acres, some of the some other ones that. Do y'all have uh, NK or is that Golden Acres up there? Uh, so we we don't have we have a NC Plus dealer that just popped up, and uh, so I guess that's what you're talking about. Or are you talking about Syngenta? Oh, Syngenta is NK. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think that's all the same stuff. Yeah, we do. We do have, we have, it's a, hard to keep up nowadays. Those things trade hands so much. We have a pocket of growers that, that grow the Garst seed really well. Um, yes. Garst. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I mean, it doesn't perform, you know, it doesn't perform well on, on every, every situation. Yeah. And see our yellow food grade corn is Garst or NK because it's yeah. a white cob and because it has a white cob. It is pretty when they mill it because it doesn't have that little pink stain on the end of the kernel because it doesn't have red cob. So, well, I mean, you don't want pink flower, do you? Because pink is usually is attributed with like bacteria or yeah. bad things, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. So, I guess. Yeah. So, um, it was a pretty, pretty difficult year. I mean, would you say? I mean, when, um, it was disease pressure. Um, disease, we, you know, it, it was pretty average, you know. Yeah. Um, we didn't, there was nothing just crazy, um, that happened this year. We got a little more hell this year, and it seemed like the hell adjusters were not in the same field looking at it with me because I couldn't believe some of the adjustments that they put out on some of this stuff. But um, that was really about it. I mean, um, our typical set of issues uh, is what we had, and um, probably Northern came in earlier, faster. And so did Southern. We probably, I guess we had a little more disease than we normally do. But um, what about um, switching gears? What about you know cotton, other other crops? How's that progressing? How's that? Oh, um, so we're <clears throat> we're approaching cutout and cotton. Um, so cutout's kind of a depends on who you are and what generation you are and where you went to school and how much coffee you drink in the morning and what cutout is, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the historical, uh, what pe- some people will tell you, the historical definition of that is five nodes above white flower. Um, but sometimes people call it, you know, at this, when you have a bloom of the terminal and so many different variants. So um, I guess the best way to say it is we are approaching having blooms uh, to the top of our plants. So we're starting to fill some bowls, you know, finishing up. We're in peak water use, pretty close right. to peak water use. Um, Bulgar two cotton is getting sprayed a lot for worms. You know, again, back just same traits, different crop. What we're talking about in the corn. Uh, Bulgar three has Viptera, and it's performing very well for now. Um, when you go down the coast, the coastal bend, middle coast. Um, I've heard some people saying that the Viptera is starting to slip there in cotton and they're getting they're now traditionally with, with earworm, your, your pressure, is it always really heavy every year? Um, yeah, I mean, we, it never goes away. Um, cause it has continuous crops to live on. For there's sure. always, there's always Milo or corn or cotton or there's yeah. something for it to eat. So, but, you know, especially when you start, as soon you know, it leaves the corn, goes to the cotton, or leaves the milo, goes to the cotton. Then when it's done with the cotton, it goes to the fall corn or the fall milo. Yeah. You know, so it just it never had it always has something it can eat. You know, so that's part of the problem. Um, otherwise, um, bull weevils have not. I haven't heard a lot out of bull weevil this year. Um the bowl eradication program. They've sprayed some early, but we haven't heard a lot from them. So okay. that's a good sign. Um, stink bugs. Um, we're, we're just kind of getting into stinky season. So yeah, that's going to start running. So we're right in the thick of things on, uh, on cotton. So we'll be watering it for about, uh, I don't know, six more weeks, maybe and then into the best part of the year, the foliation. So, I always make the joke with customers that they pay me to defoliate their cotton and I just check it for free. Defoliation well, you know, is pretty <laughs> critical time though for cotton. Oh yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you yeah. check it so much you check it every three days. You're in every field every three days and sometimes the same field multiple times a day. You want to see it in the morning. You want to see it in the yeah. afternoon, see how chemicals are reacting. Cause if you, you can really mess up defoliation and affect the bottom line of the farm. And it's especially down here, we have lush, pretty tall cotton, you know, high yield environments. And it's, it's a two shot program. There's, if you, it's just not a thing to be able to do it in one shot. Um, if you're doing it in one shot, it's probably because a well broke down and the cotton burned up. I mean, or it's dry, or it's dry land, you know, right. Um, There's just too much plant to get coverage on the whole thing in one shot. So, um, Yeah. I'm looking forward to that part of the year. So, um, in other news, we our peanuts are about 45. The oldest stuff's about 45 days old, 60 days old on peanuts. So about a hundred days to peanuts. Peanuts are about 150 days from plant to dig. So 
Um, Got a ways to go. Yeah, yeah. That's always fun. Is yeah, May and June are an interesting time down here. You have all the crops because you you're in the middle. You know, you're the, or the tail end of uh, of uh, corn, kind of the middle of cotton, and then you start peanuts. You know, so but yeah, it's good. I, I mean, I like it. It's nice having. It's nice when you get burned out in the dance. I just don't want to look at any or cotton. So you just for the next two hours quit checking cotton and go to peanuts, and then you go back yeah. in the cotton field. Your your mind's fresh. You know it's okay. Right. I'm ready. I'm ready for this. I'm tuned back right. in. You know, so, right. <laughs> you know like that. That's really nice. Just that variety throughout your day keeps you sharp. You know, for sure. So, um, vegetables. Um, we're the the fall sweet corn's coming in. Kind of at the tail end of watermelons. Cabbage is they're starting planting cabbage this week. Okay. So um yeah. We're season number two of twenty twenty is getting kicked off. So Man. <laughs> In some respects it's that much close to the end, right? I mean I hate to say that, but I mean it, it we all look forward to it. You oh know, yeah. When it yeah. when it you kinda get to see the fruits of your labor. Uh, you know, I, I love harvest time and I hate harvest time because um, you're you're happy to, to see the fruits of your labor. But in this business, it, it's also the time you get to see if you get to keep your job or not, <laughs> you know, and, and there are certain things that are out of your control. But you I mean, there's if you don't think that your job is on the line when come harvest time, then you're not taking this job very seriously Well, but know, it, to I mean, some extent. On the other hand, it comes down to communication throughout the year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there should – I guess that's the biggest thing is when that combine is done, they should not be surprised. Yeah. You know, and if they're surprised, then you're probably going to have a hard conversation with your customer. For sure. Yeah, yeah. You know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. um, Yeah, the the yield – and I guess what I mean by that is the yield doesn't have to be the the county record, but it has to be what they anticipated. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure, or a thousand bushels more, you know, you know, across the no field. doubt, no doubt. If you get an extra, if you get an extra thousand bushels on that field, then uh, nobody's going to complain at you. No, <laughs> like, oh, it's all right that your estimates were. You know? Yeah, you're all right. So, um, uh, I guess one thing I wanted to touch base a little bit about the corn. Um, I obviously don't know this yet with harvest is kicking off, but I've noticed a little bit of aflatoxin and some corn. So I don't know what that's going to be. That may be typically when we have it, the Texas panhandle has it. So, and you're probably attributing it just to your hot, hot, dry weather. Yeah. 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 So, and, and probably culmination of earworm pressure as well is not helping. doesn't help. Yeah. It sure does not. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess be on the lookout for that. If you're in the Texas panhandle, um, you know, just just an observation as I'm you know looking ear, looking at ears and doing some moisture tests. It's not well, crazy, nice but it's it's there. A couple of years ago they kind of revamped how they did that in the Texas Panhandle in Kansas. You know what I mean? Like there was no standard, if you will, and now they've got some standard and procedures in place that it's more consistent than what it was. I remember that year. There were a lot of angry folks. Oh, it was bad. Yeah, yeah. not not good at all loads getting rejected and, and i don't know if we actually had that problem if the problem existed or there's a testing problem well from what, it, I, from what i understand it was a testing procedure problem more yeah. than anything at that time because people would get rejected come back through like wait an hour two or maybe the next day and then the load would pass through so and it, and it does it does affect where you're in product is right. I mean, if you're going into seaboard and it's going into hogs, it's completely different than if it's going into the elevator. Oh yeah. And like our human consumption levels are tight, you know, For sure. you know, and, and oddly enough, um, the deer, the regulations for deer corn and wildlife feed are the same as humans. No kidding. For, yeah. So we do have a couple guys that there's a feed mill that bags deer corn down here and it ships all over. Texas and Mexico. Um, there's a lot of hunting in Northern Mexico that Americans go down to. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of deer of the, I mean, you're talking like 
very high end uh, hunts that in Me- yeah. you know in the northern Mexico. So they bring a lot of the the protein feeds and stuff for to grow big deer. Uh, so they buy that a lot from uh-huh. uh, this one particular feed mill in uh, in our area. So there's some growers that grow for them, and sometimes I think they're uh, they're harder on the grain quality on the deer corn than the millers are for human consumption. Hmm. That's interesting. The, well, if you think about it, it you have um, people are feeding it to their deer. It's their hobby. It's it's yeah. it, 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 it's money that is not you know it's extra money they're spending, and then they're pouring it out of the bag and looking at it as they're doing it. <laughs> you know, like it needs to look pretty. You know, it, yeah, it doesn't yeah. need to have you know shriveled kernels and right. You're, you're having people that aren't you know they may be an engineer or a a doctor or a coach or something, they're not going to know that that little half shriveled corn kernel is going to be just fine for the deer, but right. there's not, there's not going to buy your product again. So, well, it comes down to <laughs> what the consumer wants really. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, that's what it what happens. So, yeah. Um, what, what about your corn, Kevin? Yeah, it's tricky, man. Again, back to the weather, harsh environments. Um, actually we got, we have areas of the state. Um, I, well, I, I, I can't speak to really far East, but I, I know that we do have corn in our area that's starting to tassel. Um, we've, we've been so hot and dry and, and we've had some winds, you know, back when the corn was about three leaf tall, we had a, a Tuesday that was, um, about, 50 degrees with sustained uh, hurricane force winds out here. So they were sustained winds at 50 mile an hour. And we're still trying to, we're still trying to recover. Uh, Blowing edges of fields are still substantially like feet short compared to the rest of the field. Um, You know, so, so we have some, some issues. I don't, I don't know you. It's really hard to tell where we're at, but it's looking like, it's not going to be on a real above average year, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and that paired with the heat and, and out in our way, uh, we do have a lot more falling water wells having trouble. And, and we're at the point right now that um, our profiles are okay, but it's just the root system. You know, when you got the South winds at 105, like you guys, it's just, and then we don't have the canopy yet. Or, you know, we're just finally getting there. So we don't really know what we got yet. We, you know, there, yeah. there are some 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 fields that um, aren't going to make it just because it's an extremely low-gallon well, you know, and it's just not going to work. But uh, a lot of so those – at that point, do you just cut the water off? We use the term <laughs> – we use the term abandoned. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. So yes, uh, Just go, go no, buy I, a pool instead. Depends, Use the well for it, that. It depends, Ethan. You know, uh, in some of those cases, we do have an alternative source for the water. Meaning, like maybe we were sharing water. Um, gotcha. Send it to one. Send yeah. It to uh, but if it's if it's hurt real bad, I mean, we're still gonna do due diligence and and we're gonna water it. I mean, try to keep it alive at least. Yeah, and and like insurance when they come back and if they, if you say, Hey, I've got failed corn immediately, they go look at the sprinkler track. Okay. Did Ethan water this? You know, did, did he, did he really try? So you're stuck. Um, now a lot of, a lot of the, so you're saying there's a lot of dry walking going around. Well, but that doesn't even work. Right. Cause they, I mean, because if they need that, it needs to look like a wet. The track has been wet a little bit, right? So I was joking. Back, back this winter, there was a lot of decisions made already because we knew it was dry. Um, so, so there wasn't as much water sharing, and, and some yeah. of the lower lower gallon stuff went to Milo or, or sorghum. So, um, but we'll see. We'll see where we're at there. Uh, you know. As far as dry land crops, it's not looking good. Like, yeah, we've been growing phenomenal dry land crops around here the last three or four years, but with no moisture, 
Well, not not necessarily no moisture. We have moisture below. We just can't get to it. If that makes sense, there was no rain to make it. Meet you gotta up. have that. Yeah, there has to be some type of transference. Yeah, and if you don't have a wetting front to meet those, it just doesn't do anything. Yeah, so, yeah it's I, like it's like when you're trying to get a stand on drip irrigation and the wind won't stop blowing. Yep, it's yep. really hard to get that water to come up. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So we're so. a lot of our corn acres, you know, in Southwest Kansas, miticide's big. Um, it's not if you spray; it's just when you spray. Do y'all spray more, multiple times? No. Yeah. It, you know, because it, you're looking at a thirty to forty dollar application, like complete deal turnkey. It's about forty bucks. Like we we yeah. do it once. Now, I say that I was always told, have always been told since I've come through the ranks that you only spray once, but last year was the year that it paid to spray twice. And a lot of it was because we had the carmine might come in real bad. You know, we, we, and for whatever reason they were longer lasting and didn't die off as quick. So they, they hung around longer during our grain fill period. And so it probably, well, that's just, you just go ahead and put like a Bidrin or a, I'm just thinking of all my nuclear bombs I put on a cotton, you know, just, mm-hmm. just the, a pyrethroid. Other, what does that do? I'm South- telling, I'm just rambling bad ideas off. So don't well, but it, it, And I, I don't know how your guys and my pressure is, but once like we've got one shot out here to spray. And if you go by the book and find, colonies small colonies up to the ear leaf you've already screwed the pooch folks like if you've got mites all the way up you're you're too late because you're not going to get them under control because i believe i'm i'm pretty sure that they have a generation like everyone when it's really hot it can be every like five to seven days but like did you say five to seven minutes or days days Oh, I, th- I thought you said minutes because that's what I see. So. <laughs> but I mean, so their yeah. their life cycle and their generation and and their egg lay is so dense that if you already have a problem, you're not stopping that roller coaster. Like it, the moment, no, it m- mites get worse before they get better after you spray. And so at that point, we have a preventive treatment that we always do, and then once it runs off, that it is what it is because there is you're gonna throw money down a rat hole at that point. You may, you may save a few bushels, but it's going to cost you a lot yeah. to do it. So I have a, a certain time frame, especially my white corn where um, we go in with a ground rig after pollination when it doesn't matter if we maybe knock a tassel off or so it's an $80 shot. Yeah. But I am doing so much at once. I'll do a, a fungicide, a worm product, a mite product, and a foliar feed. And this seems kind of weird, but when you have multiple problems, is people like to just do it once and get ripped the Band-Aid off and just be yeah. done. Yep. You know, um, and especially if you can get in with a ground rig on corn for mites, it is, I mean, so much better. Well, I mean, it's the volume. Not that airplanes don't do a bad job with coverage and stuff. It's just the volume of actual water and product. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You when know? we're putting out 20 gallons. For sure. Yeah. And we've, we've had guys stop buying green equipment and bought blue and red because it's taller. Yep. For sure. And then no other reason why. They're, I mean, they're not, it's not like they're a huge fan of those types of equipment uh, or the dealers any better. It's, I can put miticide out on corn with this uh, instead of using an airplane for sure. And um, just like you said, that that's why we can get Liberty to work down here. So well, is we'll put 20 gallons out. It doesn't matter if it's humid or not. You just make yeah. it, Yeah. you know, you make the humidity when you put 20 gallons out. Right. Uh, so um, I don't know I, that that would, I don't know. Do y'all, are y'all able to do that there? Use a ground regulate. Or is it we uh, we do have some guys that no matter what, like if, if it's bad and and they want to save some money, we'll just, you know, just run the ground or get through it. It just looks nasty for a little – I mean, I mean, whatever you run over is not coming back. So, yeah, every, every 120 feet you've got tracks. So, And I think, too, though, when you're talking about a ground rig for mites and corn, 
if you run over a little bit, in my in my experience, at least down here, it works that much better that I really don't care. <laughs> you know, yeah. just especially if it's after pollination, because it just does so. That extra ten gallons of water makes a big difference. Yeah, and you know, a lot of times our, our miticides work. It's just we you can tell to the day when when the chemistry or the half life's done, because that's when that's when you see the build and. And that's when you kick the Ugh. doors open and, and you just get ready because it, it's going to be nasty. But we'll see. We'll see where we're at. You know, there's not a whole lot of mites. There's mites just starting to show up, so we haven't had a huge build of pressure so far. So yeah, um, our corn will be short um, because it's been so hot and windy and um, stressed sometimes in the afternoon. Our, our inner nodes are just stacked. So – um, our cotton, um, didn't, you know, last year we fought the cool this year we fought blowing wind and adverse condition conditions. So our you'll cotton, have, you'll have the best cotton you'll ever have. Well, I think the, the fields that were capped anyway, I mean, cause some of that stuff was really small when we were fighting blowing and stuff. Yeah, if it, blo- if, if it blows out, it's obviously not going to make anything cause it yeah. died, but, but we always have better yields when we don't have rain. You're right. Yeah, or with with cotton, not with yeah. corn. Corn yeah. likes rain, but our cotton yields are always better in droughts. So and you don't. I mean, you don't. You don't pray for that. You don't pray for a drought to increase your cotton. <laughs> right. It's kind of the silver lining of the rainy cloud, you know. But so yeah, uh, and our sorghum is so young. It's. I mean, don't really know yet. Do so. y'all still have soybeans in your area, or is that? We do. It's actually, they're blooming. Um, they're starting to bloom. Uh, they're, they're looking fairly good at this point. Um, but it's still, well, they're at bloom. So they're just starting peak water use. So. Yeah. Do y'all, what other crops do you have going on there? Any onions or sweet corn uh, or any of that kind of stuff? It had? has some onions. I don't, I haven't talked to him to know where they're at. Uh, typically this dry weather, favors them you know because they don't have the disease and stuff like that uh alfalfa i think is doing you know pretty good i haven't heard any any negative things or any um any out of the ordinary insect problems or aphid problems there um now y'all, was it last year y'all had a big aphid or a weevil problem it's a it's a ongoing deal you know and in fact some of the chemistries are starting to get weaker on on the weevil, uh, and it's becoming more of a challenge. But so do you I, think there will ever be an alfalfa weevil eradication program like the bull weevil eradication? I think program? that this year we were actually cool. We, we, we favored cool, like I told you. We had good grain fuel for the wheat, so we had cooler conditions. Which that particular product that we use doesn't like cool weather because the insects don't feed. You know. They're not as active, so when they're not as active, they don't get the lethal as yeah. much of a lethal dose. So, yeah. But so I like how you just completely ignored my dumb question of an alfalfa weevil eradication program. Well, I don't. Truthfully, I, I just don't think that that it's possible because uh, it's not possible to eradicate the cotton boll weevil. Yeah. Everywhere. Well, here it's just, but and because northern Mexico is in it too. And South Texas and Northern Mexico, um, it's not because of a lack of trying of, of eradicating the weevil. We just have a lot of hosts in the wintertime. Yeah. Naturally. There's stuff in the brush that they can go live on. And you can't spray everything. <laughs> you know, it's not a cotton field. You can't spray it. So um, I don't know if we'll ever actually eradicate it. Well, and thankfully in, in alfalfa with the weevil, we always get a huge flush early, first cutting, and then we don't worry about it. And then after that, it's all about, you know, aphids and, and grasshoppers and, and other insects and, and the weevil. Do, you know what I mean? It's we, we, we use it once, it happens the first cutting, and then we're done. Yeah. And then what about the murder hornets? Are they, uh, they just everywhere up there, you know? The murder hornets. Yeah. You ever see that on the news? The murder hornets. Yeah, I did. So we have a, a weird hornet that's been popping up that people are panicking in Texas are uh, murder hornets. Yeah. But it's a it's a cicada killer hornet. 
And apparently it's been here for years, but it looks similar. And uh, it, it just, it, it looks kind of ha- like a mixture of a cicada and a, yeah. and a hornet, but it kills cicadas. So, gotcha. um, yeah. So, um, well, Kevin, what other update should we give the folks? Um, I think that wraps it up really. Okay. From a crop quest standpoint, what should, um, what, I guess, what should we be uh, doing or with our customers? I guess we're, we're right now in the thick of it. We're not really thinking too far ahead in the next year. We're not really diving into fertility quite yet for y'all. Like, you know, the conversations we're having with guys right now are, were you happy with your fertility program? You know, um, now that we're approaching the end of corn season, we're kind of doing a year in review. What happened? What didn't get out? What did get out? What are you happy with? What are you upset about? Um, yeah, I would, I would say for us here <clears throat> in the central part of our, our territory, it, we're just, we're still amongst the whirlwind, you know, with wheat coming off, we're analyzing that. We're kind of in the late stages, almost the cruise control mode in corn, you know, we're, we're just kind of monitoring things. So um, with, with everything so crazy, we, we really haven't talked about next year per se, you know, it's just kind of getting through the problems at hand so far. Um, no. Yeah. Well, good. Well, um, with that said, thanks, Kevin. And uh, I guess do we need to tell the folks where they can uh, where they can find us at? Yeah, they can find they can. Uh, if you guys want any want to hear anything or uh, have any questions, comments, concerns, maybe less concerns, right? <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, just how much coffee has Ethan consumed this morning? No, but but seriously, reach out at media at cropquest.com, uh, CropQuest Inc. on Facebook. We're on Twitter as well. Uh, please reach out. Love to hear from you. Yes, we'd love to have us an episode about some uh, some customer or uh, listener reviews or kind of a listener-based episode. So reach out, give us some ideas. And until next time, thank you and uh, continue listening. We'll see you all then. See you. Our business is knowing the business of growing. We take pride in your success, being better than the rest. Crop West.